0: Hi, I'm Monica Malhotra, and I'm the founder of The Gaggler. Hi, I'm Alya Nuru, and I am founder of Alian Co. Welcome to the Women in Power podcast. We come across many powerful women in our daily lives. They are everywhere. You may know one, you may be one. Each week, we invite women in power to join us in celebrating their stories and amplifying their voices. We aim to
1: showcase the power in all women across all walks of life.
0: Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell for updates.
1: If you have any questions or comments, or if anything resonates with you, let us know in the comment section below.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Women in Power podcast.
1: Today, we have our special guest, Rika, who is a relationship and intimacy coach. Thank you for coming on, Rika.
0: Hi.
1: It's a pleasure to have you. So I've only spoken to you once, and the one time we met, we... We're both mentoring, we're both in a period, and we sat in a little corner and really just had a heart to heart conversation, mm-hmm. really connected. And you were telling me about what you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You are an intimacy coach. Can you tell us more about what exactly is an intimacy coach?
2: Yeah, sure. Happy to. Um, in the end, my work is about connection. It's about connecting to yourself, connecting to your partner, connecting to others. So when people hear intimacy coach, sometimes they're like, oh my God, it's it's around sexuality. It's a topic we don't talk about. But actually, it's about much more than that. It's really about kind of coming home to yourself. So if a couple or a client comes to me and they say, something in my intimacy, in my intimate life is not working out. It's not as I want it to be. And we look at it usually. We take it back to, okay, how do we relate to yourself? What is the belief systems that you have about yourself, about what you deserve, about what you can have, what life is like, what relationships are like, and what is stored in the body? So I also work um, with the nervous system, with the body, Um, just being very trauma-aware that, you know, we all carry contraction and freeze in our bodies, and that seeps out into our lives, and then we're like, oh, why am I not alive and why am i watching movies where everyone is like in this great pleasure all the time and i'm not what's happening here Mm. so you know people come for different reasons and the main thing that i always say is like i help people connect back to themselves to really feel like to really really truly feel and Many people are afraid of feeling, you know, because they're so afraid that once I start to open up all the grief and all the shame and everything is going to pour out. It's like a can of worms. It is a can of worms, but it's so worth it. Yeah. And so my job is to create a container of safety. So I'm here, to, I'm here to love my clients. I'm here to be endlessly compassionate and non-judgmental, and just allow everything to be on the table and to be held with, with love. So that they can feel the uncomfortable feeling, so that they can, they can be let go. Mm-hmm. You know, that's also the thing. Like, we're holding on to these emotions and we store them in our body and we keep re- re- repeating them with our thoughts. And in the end, once we allow them to feel, they pass. And suddenly there's space and there's space for aliveness and joy and, you know, something else happens. Yeah. So, the magic yeah. of letting go. The magic of letting go. And yeah. it's, I mean, obviously in my own life, I, I'm learning this over and over and over again. That, oh, look, I'm holding on to this, I'm holding on to that. I have this story, I have that story. And then oh, I let it go. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's always a thing of uh,
1: walking my own talk, you know, yeah. using my own tools. Uh, yeah And it's interesting you, you talk about how you're an intimacy coach and a relationship coach, right? And immediately people will start thinking about the other person, that mm-hmm. this person who I'm in a relationship with. Yeah it needs to change and this needs to be fixed right exactly and that reminder that you that you said which was an epiphany that i had a while ago where when i was asking a lot of different questions and i knew that i had so much more inside me but when i was asking these questions of why isn't it as why are why don't i feel as alive as I know I can be mm-hmm. or I've had moments where I've felt so alive why don't I feel like that all the time mm-hmm. and um, before I started my healing journey there was a lot of projection on other people it's yeah. there's no chemistry with this person and this person doesn't know how to fulfill my needs mm-hmm. right but then really coming to a point and understanding and wait a minute do I even know what my needs are mm-hmm. do I even yeah. know what I like what I want, what I need. And if I don't know that, the second thing is communication with your partner. How am I gonna communicate that to someone else, right? So it's, I just really, it's a good reminder to have that. It's always your your relationship with yourself first.
2: Mm 100%, 100%. It's this, you know, we keep on projecting, but we also attract the exact right person that is the mirror that we need. Like whatever I judge in you, Okay, look inside. So yeah. it, we have a technique calling uh, called turning the sword inward. So, you know, because you, you're usually out, like, you're wrong, you're wrong. And I, you get into this, or I get into this righteous energy of, like, I'm right, you're wrong. When you turn it inward, it's like, okay, I, I just, this week I had a huge fight with my partner and I judged him so much. And I was like, okay, where did I abandon myself, you mm-hmm. know? He wasn't there for me. Where, did I, where was I not there for me? And then I'm kind of helping clients uh, see that as well Um, because in the end, in my view, relationships are here for healing. Mm. And in order to heal, we need to feel safe. And how do we create safety? We create safety by being vulnerable and by over and over having this experience, oh, I can trust this person and this person um, is showing up in a compassionate way and I'm not gonna be attacked when I am being vulnerable. So a lot of doing your own work actually will help you to be a more compassionate Mm. um, space holder in the relationship, understanding that whenever your partner lashes out, it is their trauma active. You know, it is their thing that for some reason we are activating in them. It's not about us most of the time, it's about them. But do you judge them for it? Are you saying this is wrong you shouldn't have this or mm-hmm. can you be like oh i see the little boy or the little girl that has been hurt and i can actually let my own stuff pass and show up in love for my partner so that they can heal as well and i know it's from my own experience again it's it's big you know and we st- that's why we practice with these very very small things obviously if you have like a huge fight. Staying present and staying mindful is very difficult. So we practice presence,
1: absolutely. absolutely.
2: But this is where it, beca- it needs to become a habit. You, know? you practice yeah. presence and you practice mindful and authentic communication in everyday life, right. practice gratitude, practice bringing it back to feeling. So a lot of my work is actually helping people feel and identify what they feel. Mm. You know, we all meet these people and we, they go like, I go like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Mm. it's always the same what answer. else oh, i'm fine i'm fine so what is it and
0: what does fine mean
2: exactly and it's it's no one's fault we just didn't learn this you yeah. know so so often i hear this oh my 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 husband like usually the man is not emotionally available he doesn't get how i feel and i'm like yeah look at how we raise boys in this society don't cry you know boys don't cry be a strong boy, be a good boy, all of these things. And 30 years later, they have trouble naming their emotions. And for women, it's the same. So a big part is is emotional literacy and working with the body. So um, really breathing into the body. And this is, again, where background in Tantra comes in, which is a lot about breath, sound and movement, yeah. where you're really connecting with the body and find, okay, where, where do the feelings sit? Where do they come from? The emotion is stored in the body, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And it's felt, this, this is where you feel it. Yeah. And there's a difference between thinking your emotion and feeling your emotion. And mm. only when you feel it, you're actually making space for it to move. Um, and again, once we start sharing our emotions, this is how we connect. So I always, um, my understanding of intimacy, when I, when I host workshops, I always say, intimacy is the combination of presence and vulnerability. So if you're really present with another person and you and the other person is opening up vulnerably, this is how intimacy is created. It has nothing to do with like physically connecting the bodies and touching and going anywhere. Intimacy happens so beautifully between humans because this is how we're wired when we actually kind of share from the heart you know this is like the experience we had we were just both sitting there being like why are we at the party (laughs) this is like hard who are you oh wow and suddenly we 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 had this connection of intimacy because we were so vulnerable we were actually present with each other yeah and that like bringing it back to the question what is the work the work is that many people don't know how to create intimacy in their intimate relationships and it's incredibly painful
0: I think there's also um, this notion that intimacy is always like between it's more, you know, sexual or it's like it's between a man and a woman or, you know, and, you know, you just said how you had an intimate moment with Alia because you guys connected as, you know, and became friends on a common mood, I think. Right. But I think there's also a little bit of that. Like, what is what's your take on that, the, the word intimacy and how it's used in society?
2: It makes me sad, mm. I feel a bit sad. So right now in my body, I feel a bit of this oh, like dropping of sadness about the limitations that we put on ourselves. And yeah. how sometimes, because what, what we just talked about, this connecting emotionally deeply with another person, sometimes we do it more with friends, with close friends, yeah. or when we're drunk, when mm. we're intoxicated for some reason, then we do it with our own partner. And the intimacy in the partnership is like, oh, okay, we're running the household together, we're having the kids and we're having sex once a week because that's what we
1: do. Yeah, it becomes robotic.
2: Exactly, and that's the robot, yeah. The robotic and the numbness of it. The numbness of it of everything's okay, you know? We're just going along through life and it's okay. And that's, for me, that's really where my heart breaks. Mm. And that's also, one of my teachers always says, or like, we actually went there. He's like, okay, find the peace in the world that breaks your heart the most and allow yourself to feel it. That's where your work is. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, it's the environment for some people, it is child labor. For some people it is, I don't know, uh, veganism or like animal cruelty. And for me, it's like this thing of people just don't feel and I'm come from Germany.
1: We are very <laughs> rational.
2: Yes. We are very yes. good at being very rational. Um, my partner is from Serbia. The first time I came to Serbia, there was a big monument for one of the heroes, and it said something about the heart and the passion for the country. And I was like, we would never say this in Germany. Mm-hmm. Germany is, as a collective, much more contained, much more flat, much more effective, productive, masculine rational, masculine energy, masculine yeah. energy for sure. And of course, like I'm not, I'm not dissing any Germans. Germans are amazing and loving humans. Every human is, but on the collective layer this is a bit more and also I just want to say my family is super loving really really warm and yet we are not as open and as used to as practiced maybe into going into intense emotions feeling the fire and the pain and the grief and the heartache you know I see here I mean here in the Middle East I'm meeting so many more people who are fiery and And there's more passion yeah passion and that's also drama Mm -hmm. you know and i'm just like oh no no drama so but it breaks my heart it breaks my heart to see that people are missing out on being alive Mm -hmm. and i my understanding is like we chose like our souls came we chose this body and this life to be a human to have a human experience and then we go through life as you say robotic and numb and i'm like what a strategy, what a waste, why don't we teach people about aliveness, why don't we teach people how to actually feel, and I don't know, all of this, because also, I mean, you talked about this empowerment thing, this is what empowerment is, it's like you actually take your own aliveness back, and take your own power back, and I'm like, this is what I feel, and then you go to, this is what I want, this is what I don't want, this is how I want to relate, but it all starts with like this, this core inside, yeah. where we come back to. Yeah, so,
0: Um, So Raika, can you tell us a little bit about um, the different types of modalities you Mm. use in order to help people that come to you to bring out that emotion, that feeling?
2: Mm. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because they're very simple. They're very, very simple, um, as the good things usually are. So what I took from from my uh, path in Tantra is the the three tantric keys, they call them of breath, sound and movement. And this is how you connect to your own body. This is how you connect to energy. And you bring in mindfulness on top mindfulness as in I'm really present with what's happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And when I was there, I was like, OK, what's next? What, are the, what is the actual tool? Like, how do I do this? And they were like, just breathe and sound and move. But it's true. So let me demonstrate. <laughs> you know, usually we breathe like this. And like then from the chest. From the chest. And yeah. you just kind of sit like this. And then, so, so how do you feel? Yeah, I feel good. But what if you actually allow your body to be much more natural, you know? You see kids, if you see babies breathing, they breathe like this. Kids, they're running around. And then we put them in school and tell them to sit still. And now we are all here sitting very proper at the table. You know? Exactly. This is how it all starts. So what we do is just making it okay to have a body. Making it okay to have, um, like, to, to land in here. And one thing I really like is called the sigh of relief. You come home after a long day, you sit on the couch, what is it like? It's like this oh Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you can hear from the sound that it actually came from a deeper place. Yes. So we practice that. We go like oh, you know, and the sound it, it, it activates your vagus nerve, which is one of the key main nerves, it goes from the brain all the way down through all your organs to your base. And it's I would say it's like almost like you're doing your internal sound healing, sound v- vibration, you know, by using the voice. This is why voice exercises, like singing, acting is like amazing for people to connect to their body. And it's the loop, like people who want to sing and they're not connected to their body and like their depth doesn't really work, you know? And we, we resonate with people who go deep. So this is what we're practicing. We're practicing allowing ourselves to breathe, allowing ourselves to move yeah. and allowing ourselves to make a sound. And even that is like waking something up, You know, even that is waking, waking something up.
1: There's and so much shame around that, though, right? God, and it's yes. it's crazy because it's so natural. It is. And you see that in animals as well, mm. the animal kingdom. Yeah. And there is, but with, with human beings, if you see a couple of human beings sitting, mm-hmm. say, in a circle, and they're all making loud sounds to connect to themselves, automatically our response is like, what are those weirdos doing? Exactly. And yeah. even yeah. the
2: Buddha people who she do it, that, uh, yeah. I run these weekend yeah. workshops yeah. and... I always start with breath, sound and movement, and by the middle of the first day, I I say take a breath and everyone goes like, and by the second day everyone is doing it naturally, and every single time one person has said, how are we going to go out of this container and be weird in the world, you know? There is a fear of being perceived as weird when you are alive as a human. It's very sad, and it's also very funny, you know, once you kind of move beyond it, it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna be and feel because that gives me access yeah. to myself.
0: So, yeah. so your suggestion is that everyone in their day-to-day, no matter what they're doing at work, at home, it's having these oh deep breaths and that would be yeah. as simple as that to take a step forward. Absolutely, 100%. Wow.
2: Beautiful technique that I learned from um, uh, the teachers, uh, Rachel Rickards and, and Buster Raderick is literally just focusing on breathing into the heart, Making a sound that comes from the heart, so into the belly, and into your base, and already I feel centered. I feel more clear. I feel more alive. I have wow. joy running through me. I feel a little bit of tingling in my legs. Obviously, because I also practice this a lot. Yeah. And this is this is the base, you know, because you're opening up the body. Because as long as the body is staying really tense and close, I think it's almost like there is like many, many people say they Mm -hmm. feel almost like they're joking. You know, when they start to feel, they feel like they're not allowed to speak, they're not allowed
0: to Mm -hmm. breathe. Yeah. This is where the trauma sits. I have it up to here, right? People say that.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and then we can't expect people to suddenly be super tuned into their heart and just like open Mm -hmm. and sharing. So we start with the simplest things. And the funny thing is that now, you know, neuroscience, neurobiology, biology and all these studies that prove how important the breath is. It's like science. But thousands of years ago, the yogis knew it. And the, I don't know, the, the martial arts people in, in India, and then in Japan, China knew it. Yeah. All the indigenous traditions knew how important the breath is. And we just forgot, forgot as we became industrialized. So that's where we start with the body. And so this is also this piece of presence. And the second piece is vulnerability. And this is very much, I draw a lot from uh, authentic relating as a, as a practice.
1: Okay.
2: Um, and one of the big pieces is called Reveal Your Experience. And the thing that I love is you make yourself vulnerable first, because often we wait for the other person. That's true. It's like, as soon as they open up, I might open up. But until then, I'm going to keep my guard up, and I'm going to be really like, good and pretty and all of this. No, okay, I make myself vulnerable first. I'm going to share something about me. And then what do I share? Maybe I just share that, oh, wow, actually now as I'm saying it, I feel a little bit of trembling in my belly and also my legs. I'm also not used to wearing high heels. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm a bit, I feel a bit shaky, but it's okay, you, you know, know? And by holding myself in this and by being brave enough to reveal it to you, yeah. you
0: get more of a feel for where, where I'm at. But that's exactly it, right? That's I mean, it's, it's, it's we're conditioned to um, kind of not let ourselves go, right? And what you've said is that you have to be vulnerable first but in order to even be confident to do that you there is some work that has to get done right to, to be in that space because it's very scary if you're vulnerable and it's not returned
2: absolutely right and we have all
0: experienced this
2: yeah we have all experienced this as children you know it's like oh don't say that don't be like that be quiet don't be loud yeah and then throughout our whole life we have been shamed and, and like guilted So it's it's like reclaiming that. And this is why um, we create safe spaces. You know, this is why you start working with a coach, you go to a workshop or you do it with friends. You just sit down with a group of friends, girlfriends or guy friends, doesn't matter. And you make an intention and say, okay, today we are brave. And in, in my workshops I always say, okay, we wanna bring in presence and vulnerability and for that we need courage. Courage to be vulnerable and it's okay if we say something that's wrong or if you know what well, is wrong but if we say something that maybe offends or it doesn't land well whatever it's okay we try it yeah and yeah. i know this for myself i've been very afraid of failing very afraid of trying and failing and i'm always like need to learn that oh it's actually okay at least i tried i'm learning something here yeah. and i think this is what i got from you a lot you i was like wow oh, she's, she's so brave yeah. you know i really i really wanted to get this transmission of like i'm just gonna go for it and, and do it um because this discourage this is such an important piece yeah. and as you say and it's bringing us back to safety super important how do we create safety yeah and because there's also a tendency and i have this also myself to sometimes bring in vulnerability with an expectation of being held in it yeah. at a terrible moment. You yeah. know, my partner used to work very long hours. And then when he finished at 11 at night, I was like, OK, great. Now I can show my, pull my heart out to you. And he's like, I, I cannot. I cannot right now. I want to, but I can't. So it's also, of course, picking the context. Yeah. And this is the practice. And this is how we this is what you create in a partnership, in a friendship. And with friends it's almost sometimes i feel like we have more conscious time with friends than we have in our partnerships especially when we live together mm-hmm. you know because with friends you meet up and this is the time now for both of us to share partnership where you going with that intention yeah in partnership you live together where is the container where it's like okay now we're actually sitting down we're taking time Mm. we're taking dedicated time and creating that safety and this is actually sometimes i'm wondering people that are coming to me they're like yeah because it gives us the time to talk to each other i'm like you can take that time by yourself you can make it happen but no this is why you need a coach this is the same with personal training
1: Mm. you
2: know you can just go out work out but it's very hard to motivate yourself and do that thing. If you have a personal trainer, then every week you have to go. It's the accountability piece. Yeah. So this is why I mean my own journey has been I've been to countless workshops. I think I spent like over a thousand hours just attending workshops because it gives me the space to have all these experience and to absorb these learnings, but it's creating permission space where this is welcome. And so what we want to do is draw in people into our lives that are open to this and that are like, yeah. I want to know you on a deeper level, I want to know what you feel, I want to kind of get you, Yeah, that's
0: what's exciting. Wow, interesting. I have a question. So you mentioned you work with individuals as well Mm -hmm. as with couples, Mm -hmm. and we talked a lot about mirroring, you know, so as you're working with an individual client, I can see how, you know, they'll say certain statements and it's obviously lending itself to something that they're mirroring. But when you're working with a couple, right, Mm -hmm. and maybe, is it a case where each of them are mirroring something different, and then how does that come together? You know, how, how does that work differ when you're working with a client versus a couple?
2: It's very different, the work, obviously, oh. because if you have a couple, you have all these different relationships between them, between me individually with both of them and the, the triad that we hold as a group. Right. The key is slowing it down. Slowing down is yeah. in thing so, so important because especially when couples are in a rough patch, The accusations can fly, and one person is shutting down, and there's blame, and all of this, and taking a breath into this and helping them to slow down and helping them to come back to this place of compassion and actually hearing what the other person is saying. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So, because...
1: I was going to actually go back to that as well and and ask the same thing. It's easy to be that person where you're opening up and being vulnerable, but sometimes you go and talk to someone and you see that they're being triggered and they're triggering you right but it's also being in that space of like you said that having that compassion mm-hmm. having the understanding that okay i'm being triggered right now this person is being triggered right now what are you doing in that situation
2: and it comes back to the same thing of vulnerability reveal your experience you know i can say wow my heart is beating my chest is clenched, yeah. like my, my belly is my, my chest is like tense and clenched up I feel so angry right now. I have thoughts of stabbing you. you know whatever I like this. and owning it, taking it back, not saying, "You made me feel this way." You know this is always story. This is always such an important thing of not saying, "You made me feel this way." No, I have a reaction. I am reacting to what is happening here, and I am feeling angry. I am feeling triggered. You reveal it and kind of it opens up a space, and then the other person can say, I am feeling super angry as well. I don't want to talk to you. And in some moments, if you're like not with a third person, it might be good to take time apart to calm down and come back from, uh, at a place where you can actually talk to each other mm-hmm. because most of us, many of us, have the experience of feeling like we're not really heard. True. over and over and over again um when i first understood that people who talk a lot usually feel like they're not being heard this is why they talk a lot and keep on repeating yeah. and once you actually give them the experience of they are being heard when they're amazing tools from non communication or from other um, communication practices we just reflect back to them and empathize oh wow you're upset I can hear that you're really triggered by this mm-hmm. i can imagine it it's like hurting something that's really deep inside of you and you're really really like like uh, steaming right now the other person go yeah exactly and then they kind of and it allows it to pass yeah. again the emotion wants to pass scientifically an emotion stays with us for 60 to 90 seconds when we allow that emotion to be there for that time it will be gone mm-hmm. we're so afraid feeling the emotion that we have all these thoughts and all these reasons why and especially the other person's fault and and we get all up in the head so we take a breath we come back to the body we reveal what's going on we give it
1: space and then it can move yeah i think it's really important what you said when you mentioned about not feeling like you're being heard right another big one is not feeling like you're being understood Mm -hmm. right and what you mentioned like this little technique of just mirroring back or explaining back i see this is what you're feeling i i understand this is what you're going through and just really repeating it's it's such a simple small thing of repeating that makes people feel seen heard validated and something that could be taken that could be a trigger that could be bottled up and fuel into other emotions and circumstances, because they always end up piling up, right, yeah. has really just passed, and and instead now you form this um, intimate connection, yeah. bond with someone, where are like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling understood,
2: exactly. and
1: the sense of, of gratitude and, and safety,
2: yeah. right? And this is, again, something that we need to practice. This mm-hmm. is not something yeah. that we usually get equipped with. Mm-hmm. I don't know, if, I think now it's just becoming much more into awareness um, yeah. from, of society like well certainly wasn't um but how do we reflect that back and how do we say oh you must be feeling i don't know i'm really pissed because of this and this but actually have it with empathy you know have it with warm mm-hmm. and compassionate and being able to name the emotion because usually people will not tell you oh i feel anxious and angry they're going oh my god you know going on about things not even naming their emotion I And mean, when you can name that emotion and even better, the underlying need. You're feeling angry because you have a need to be heard. You're feeling sad because you have a need for connection.
1: Right? Oh my God,
0: this person gets me. Yeah. And this yeah. is what we practice. This is this is literally just a tool. Well, I think because, I mean, I think what happens probably is that most people, they, they feel the feeling, right, or the emotion, yeah. and they just get it out there, right? Mm-hmm. What you're suggesting is to sort of take a step back, breathe, of course, yeah. and think, why? Before yeah. communicating, I guess. Right? Yeah, there's yeah.
1: also yeah. a difference between communicating and projecting, right? Exactly. So, David Hawkins, yeah. one of the spiritual
2: teachers that I really like, is saying uh, three ways that we deal with emotions. Either we suppress, yeah. we don't, oh no, I feel great. I'm, I'm not angry. You know, yeah. this is great. Yeah. Or we uh, express, like, oh my God, we let it all out and we make a big story. We get very dramatic, or we project. It's like these things, we suppress, we bring it out or we project, you, you are this, this person is untrustworthy, this person is Mm -hmm. really mean, you know, and seeing it in the outside, and all of them are avoidance mechanisms, Mm. where we don't want to feel what's going on inside. And that is, again, I really want to say that's okay, that is so okay, because this is what we learned, and part of the work is meeting that with compassion meeting your inner critic with compassion, really understanding why do we have sometimes mean and vicious voices, why do we feel guilty, why do we kind of self-abandon, why do we shame ourselves? It all has a reason and it's all here to serve us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in very dysfunctional ways and not necessarily the ways that we want to kind of keep on running, but we need to meet it with love first so that it can move. So there's no need to shame anyone and say, you should be better, you should know this. And this is especially when it comes to couples. Oh, my partner should know. They should know how I feel. They should know how to treat me better. They should know what I want uh, for Christmas, and they definitely should know how to please me in
0: bed. Unfortunately, we don't (laughs) have time. No, we don't. We don't.
1: This is also this very famous like this notion. And honestly, I'll be honest because I had this right. I had this idea of romance in my head where, you know, every celebration, I this this is what I want to be showered with and when it didn't happen i you, girls are taught yeah. to feel exactly. the shame for asking yeah for communicating and it's it's also like a very popular meme where it's like people are saying well i want flowers but i don't want to tell you that i want flowers because exactly. if i tell you that i want flowers you're to buy me flowers and i don't want you to buy me flowers because i want flowers
0: we got to go one step further than Mm -hmm. that right so i i have two daughters um Mm -hmm.
1: 13 and 8 and i know
0: you know when they were young and everyone's done it all mothers have done this i think with their girls but they buy them these fairy fairy tale books right Mm -hmm. which says exactly that prince charming you know he Mm -hmm. comes into your life and he'll know everything and and so i you know i have i had issues with that obviously because i don't think Life can be fairy tale like, but it's not exactly a fairy tale, right? But I think to your point, that's mm. what it is, right? We're taught it, it that someone is gonna there. come yeah. in, a It'll man, and he's mm. gonna save us, and he's gonna be Prince Charming, and he's gonna know exactly what we want, mm, and that's, it's not
1: it's like it, nothing. It starts from the the fairy tales, and then it moves into the the tween romantic yeah, novels, and, and then, then, then it moves to Hollywood, In Hollywood, oh everywhere.
2: I mean, because I have worked so much in the area of of intimacy, intimate relationships, when people are kissing and making love, I'm like, oh my God, this is not realistic (laughs) at all. Why are we still showing this, you know? And no one ever needs to talk about it. And this is why I never learned to set boundaries and say, oh, I don't like this. I actually don't feel good when we do this. I did not learn this. Mm. And I had lots of experiences where I was like, oh, once I realized afterwards, that I could not set boundaries. There's so much grief, you know, around uh, the past, but that's okay, and that's how we learn. Mm, exactly. You know? Because, ex- again, coming back, it's we are grown-ups now. We are at choice now, and we can make the decision to live a more conscious life. Yeah. And that means being conscious of our own needs and desires and boundaries with communication at work, communication with our family, So often I talk with people about their intimate life and we come back to their mothers and fathers. Current relationship, childhood relationships. And it's a key thing. How do you relate with your parents at a grown-up age will reflect back of how you relate with your your partner and your children. So bringing consciousness into all of these relationships that we have is like the first step and the most important step into making any change. Mm. And again, the consciousness comes from what is the human experience? Because it's not, oh, of course, it's also about all the thoughts that you're having, but it's much more about what is the body telling you? What is the wisdom here? What is your intuition saying? You no, know, really, really trusting that. And I really like this framework from uh, Betty Martin, who's an incredible coach around, uh, teacher around consent. She's stellar. And when it comes to teaching around boundaries and desires, she says there's always four steps. First, you need to notice, notice it in your own body. What do I want? What don't I want? You need to trust it Need to trust, Oh, this is actually coming from me. I'm not having this from society, from anyone else that they want. This is my signal. You need to value it and say, Oh, this is important. Mm -hmm. This actually matters. And I have a voice and I can say it. And then you go to communication. Mm -hmm. And then there's obviously tens, and dozens of communication tools, how you bring it up. But these first steps of noticing, trusting and valuing Mm -hmm. all happen inside of us. And when I work with people, we can kind of, it's, it's so obvious often that there's one or two that people really struggle with. Hmm. People might notice what they want. They really trust it, but they're like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I want. It's more important what other people
1: want. So Ooh. we work on valuing. That's what you're taught as well, right? Go totally. On. And it's, it's interesting because I actually just shared this quote, I think, two days ago. And it was talking about boundaries and it was saying that boundaries don't necessarily have to be like this electric fence around you, True. where any anybody that is trying to do anything gets burnt or electrocuted. No. It can be just a safe, loving line where you are communicating to the other that I am sacred and this is th- these are my needs and this yeah. is what I need. Right, and it's sometimes so hard for people to communicate that me included and I've done so much work around communicating and talking to people and I still find it hard and I think that's what I wanted to link everything back to that um everything that we've been talking about whether it's awareness whether it's feeling your emotions Mm -hmm. whether it's breath work whether it's holding boundaries every single thing and even you know you said earlier you look me and you think I'm so brave and I look at you, and I said, wow, you're so in touch with you, so in tune with Mm -hmm. yourself and your body, right? Everybody has these projections when we look at other people, but what it is, is always that every single thing is, is you have to cultivate it, you have to spend time doing it, it's not just listen to a podcast episode or a YouTube video and it's done, that's the Mm -hmm. work, you have to, you have to take time out, you have to be aware about it, and also practice it like actually include those practices in your life to cause that change to become what you're seeing right
2: and to add to that um because work sometimes has such a negative connotation it can be great fun you know this is why we play authentic relating games Mm. you know and you find you cultivate your own curiosity you cultivate lovingness and compassion it can be super joyful breathing like i i usually don't like to go to like breathwork sessions because i feel like oh so much work but if I actually shift my mindset and my belief system, of no, actually, this is play. Yeah. I go and I, I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to be loving to myself yeah. and finding the joy in it and the pleasure in it. Like, yeah. oh, this is, this is amazing. So I know that sometimes people get um, a bit like, uh, you know, defensive or afraid when they are like, oh my God, no, I have to do all this work and I have to feel all of these emotions that I didn't want to <laughs> feel, this is terrible. It's like, yeah. And let's make it fun, you know. Yeah. Let's find ways that we actually enjoy it, and we see the what what comes out of it. And this is why it's so nice to do things in groups. Yeah.
1: You know, the community. This of... affirmation actually okay. that I, I, I say to a lot of clients and to myself as well, where instead of saying I have to do this, mm-hmm. you say I get to do this, mm-hmm. and it just shifts everything yeah. completely, yeah. right? Because yeah. you're alive, you you're able to do so many things. And just shifting that perspective will, will it, it just changes your vibration like gift, and energy. My, yeah, yeah, exactly. and mm. able to do this yeah. is very nice. And
2: it's tuning into these essential qualities of uh, gratitude, yeah. you know, or for me and everyone has, I feel like everyone has their own access route. And I noticed that for me, what really helps me get into it is the sense of wonder mm. and being in awe. I'm always, I feel like I'm a child in a candy store going, like, oh my God, I get to play with this. And I get to learn about like human emotions and all the fears that people have. That's exciting. So I get the sense of,
0: oh, wow. I love that I'm excited now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and this, really cool. I mean, this is, this is every time I come out of, of uh, anything I do, I'm like, how do I get to do this? You know, there's this almost childlike um, quality. And I know everyone has their own. You know, some people were really like, wow, I feel so connected. Oh, wow, I feel internally so calm or I feel so powerful and courageous. And all of these are essential qualities that we can tap into and reminding ourselves of them through affirmations and again, working with the body. You know, this is again where it's it's one of these tools that you ask for. What do you want in your life? Okay, you want to feel connected. How does connection feel? Yeah. How does it actually feel when you tune into that frequency? And just remind yourself of it and come back to it over and over again Um, because it's not all
1: it's here yeah. so Rika as a woman in power what would you say your superpower is hmm.
2: I know that my superpower is to love it's, it's that simple and it took me a bit to own it you know to be like I am, I, I am here to love and what does it mean it doesn't mean I need to sleep with people it means I'm holding spaces of love Mm-hmm. I am actually here to create more love in the world by allowing people to experience more of love inside. So I know I have superpowers of compassion and understanding and just being very, very lovely, loving to people.
0: That's definitely... I had goosebumps. You're mm-hmm. definitely...
2: <laughs> that's yeah. definitely a superpower. Goosebumps <laughs> of spirit saying yes. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know this. I know this. I've, I've done... Um, I've done a lot of work to find why am I here? Mm. What does my soul want? And this, this is what I'm here. I'm, I'm here to love women and men and groups and tribes and community. In,
1: to be loved. In this, yeah, yes. to
2: embody yeah. It. I have it. I have a transmission of it. And I know that I love, I just love m- 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 creating a space. There's almost there is a bit of this, this movement, uh, which is like where I'm putting my arms almost around something I'm creating. A sacred and a safe space where everything is okay and we can feel completely loved. Yeah,
1: that's, that's what it's that's beautiful. Thank, thank you, you so much, much for sharing. Uh, we have the same superpower, uh-huh.
0: Yay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, it's been lovely having you. Lovely having this discussion. So many um, beautiful nuggets that we got oh. from you. Thank you for coming. Thank you
2: so much for having me. I really, really uh, thank you for sharing it. your love. Yeah, my <laughs> pleasure. Thank you so much
0: and hit that notification bell
1: for updates if you have any questions or comments or if anything resonates with you let us know in the comment section below